Hello, my name is Michael Head, and this is the DFTW Podcast. I am so honored that you would take time to listen to this podcast. I believe that this episode is going to help you grow both mentally, spiritually, and physically. If I can do anything for you as you're listening to this, you need to reach out. You can see all my information in the description. And thanks again for listening. Hello and welcome to the DFTW Podcast. This is episode 19 and I am so glad that you're here today wherever you're listening. Maybe you're on a run, maybe you're in your car. I don't know where you are, but I just want to say thank you for subscribing and being here. And if you haven't subscribed, I encourage you to do that. And you can be a part of right now, currently 6,000 subscribers to the DFTW podcast. That absolutely blows my mind that that many people have subscribed and are listening. And one of those is a sweet friend named Emily. And Emily, I just want to give you a shout out and I just want to say thank you for your amazing review that you wrote on Instagram and Facebook. And I just want to say thank you. And I want to read this to you guys. It is super kind and super nice. And I I feel like I should read it because she took her time to express what this podcast means to her so her friends and family could listen. She said this, friends, you need to take 15 to 20 minutes each week to listen to Michael Hebb and the DFTW podcast. He is so funny, energetic, and lighthearted while still speaking to extremely important, uplifting words of encouragement and truth that we all can apply to our daily lives. He has the ability to speak to his listeners like he is sitting in your car riding to your next adventure. He's that friend that makes you feel good, pumped up, and ready to face anything that life throws your way. The next time you're out for a walk, driving to pick up groceries, or sitting by the pool, listen to an episode. I promise you'll go back for more. What? Emily, I just want to say thank you so much. That is so kind of you. I'm very thankful. Those words are like, man, that is super encouraging. And it's people like you, Emily, and so many others who I am doing this for. I am I am excited that God is using this in so many different ways. This is a little hobby that I really enjoy to do because of how it does help others. And it helps me. I learn and I grow and I'm challenged and I'm pushed by every single episode that I do. And if you're first time here, here's what you need to understand about the DFTW. DFTW stands for Don't Forget to Write. And the goal of this podcast is to continue to merge and bring together spiritual health and mental health. There's too many times that people think, man, if I have the Lord and if I'm growing in Him, then I can't have any mental issues and I can't really be depressed or I can't be anxious, which that is a complete lie from the devil. Look, you can be so in tune with the Lord and things can be going okay and you can still have emotions and you can still have things going on underneath the surface that need to be brought out and truly brought to him. And that is the thing and that is the goal of the DFTW podcast. Today, I want to talk about something that was a huge struggle for me and it's something that I still really try to work on. Uh, it, it came out very clear in my dating relationships. Oh, my soul. They were awful at times. And by the way, if you're dating, it is brutal. Like dating is, <laughs> I don't ever want to do that again, ever. And uh, the goal is that I don't and I can continue to stay married forever because dating is so brutal. Can I get an amen from everybody? Unless you love it. 
then we're just different and that's all good. But for me, dating was very hard. And even the beginning of our marriage, and there's still days that our marriage is hard and friendships, man, friendships at time were so hard for me just to truly connect with others. And I, I can never really understand why I can never really understand why I was pushing all these people away. And it was like, I was trying so hard to keep people around me. I did everything I could to hang on to them and and, and to make them uh, like me and to want to be around me. And it never really worked out. It was a lot of hard work. And what I learned is that there's a huge difference between intimacy and intensity. I want to say that again. There is a massive difference in intimacy and intensity. So let's talk about emotional intensity. And let's just see where we all hang out with this. And again, I'm just telling you, I am an emotional, intense human. I have now learned ways to control it. And I've learned ways to really use it to my advantage for myself. So if you're an emotionally intense person, you're going to experience feelings in such a bigger, more immediate way than the average person. Everything will just seem to affect you a lot more. It's like you have some sort of shell or it's like others have some sort of a shell around them and you don't, which leaves you to feel very vulnerable to others. And you will be less able to control and limit your emotional experiences. Again, we are talking about emotional intensity. And here's some signs and symptoms of emotional intensity. Again, this is not a bad thing, but it is something that can really push people out of your life. And you may be wondering for yourself, like, man, I just can't ever land. I can't ever get people to really enjoy being around me. Well, maybe you're a very emotionally intense person. And we're going to talk about why that is a little bit later. So here's some signs and symptoms of an emotional intense human. You are easily moved by things like film, art, stories, or nature. You're deeply affected by world events and others' pain. You have a very deep or you like very deep conversations to understand things. You're often in a big emotion such as sad, ecstatic, you're furious or you're crying. You're kind of all over the place in different times. Again, that uh, was me most of my life. Uh, Just kind of like, where's Michael today? Oh, he's happy. Oh, wait, tomorrow he's sad. And this is just kind of how I was. Uh, Another sign is not really understanding why others seem not to feel anything over what you seem to see it as a huge, serious issue. You're able to go from calm to upset and then back again very, very quickly. Like, it's just like, what, what, what just happened? Uh, you feel other people's pain as if it were your own. Like you just feel it deeply. You're sometimes being so overwhelmed with emotion that you just end up very numb. And this was something that I did all the time. I would be so emotional that I would just end up numb. And it's just like, you know what? I'm just going to shut down. You're constantly being told that you're dramatic, which I think is very rude to tell people that they're dramatic. Most of the time that's coming from yourself, that you have a few dramatic issues on your own. And so I'd be very careful telling people that they're dramatic because it does actually hurt. And so another sign is, though, people telling you you are dramatic and or oversensitive and you match descriptions of a highly sensitive person. Again, this is not a bad thing. These are actually okay things. But I do want to, again, the goal of this is to look at intensity versus intimacy. And so for me, when it came to relationships, emotional intensity looked just like this. This this is pretty much me uh, most of my 
what I remember in my teen years and uh, in dating and in the beginning of my marriage, as well as with friendships. So for me, I would give my all and being loyal and caring was what I was about. And it was, I could now looking back at, I'm like, oh, that's why I was very overwhelming. I was super in, I would rush into many relationships and I would feel like, oh, this is the one, this is it. Or man, this is my best friend. This guy, man, he really, he, he wants, he wants to hang out all the time. And this was me feeling this stuff. <laughs> like, and then the girls would be like, I'm out. You're crazy. And they would, because I was just, I was ready to, to land it. I was intense. I was like, this is it because I didn't want to lose them. I was also forming instant friendships and feeling as if people were soulmates. Now, I never really said that, but some people do use that word soulmate. And maybe that's that's where some of you hang out or you know some. Most people right now, you're thinking, oh, yeah, that's blah, blah. <laughs> like you're, you're, <laughs> you have right now pictured somebody that is an emotional, intense person. And you're like, they need to listen to this podcast. And you've actually probably already texted them the link to the podcast. And so that's good. But I also want you to slow down. And I want you to think about yourself for a second. Uh, another another thing that in relationships that I did is oversharing, telling people that I just met pretty much my entire life. Like that's a lot. <laughs> Most people can't handle that, especially my life. Like they're like, whoa, bro, I didn't need to hear all that. And they're gone. Um, another thing was overreacting. So a small thing like a date being late could really upset me. Like that small thing of like, oh, well, she doesn't want to do this or even a friend not hanging out. I mean, it was just brutal. Uh, wanting to be around a certain, your, your friend or, you know, someone you're dating or even even your husband or wife, like constantly, like wanting to be around them 24 seven all the time. That's a lot. And then another thing were fiery fights, like just fights that were just brutal. I mean, just Ugh, like ugly fights and passionate makeups. You can say whatever you want for that, but those are two signs, fiery fights and passionate makeups of an emotionally intense person. So again, you're like, oh yeah, that's, that's your ex-boyfriend or that's your ex-girlfriend. Again, maybe you're right, but I want you to think about yourself as well. And you even think that like in these relationships, like they go wrong because it's the other people can't keep up or they have the issues. It's always the other person's fault. Well, truly deep down, it's your apparent gift for relating that you really need to work on. And that's something that I learned. Like it was really never the other person's fault. It was normally my fault because I was so intense and because I had this underlying sense of loneliness, a fear of abandonment and neglect. And so I felt I needed to do everything that I could to hang on. And if you are using emotional intensity in a relationship, you may think that you are actually building intimacy and it's actually not. You're not building intimacy. You are actually using intensity and you're subconsciously destroying the intimacy that you so badly desire. So let's talk about intimacy. Intimacy can be broke down like this. Into me, you see. That is intimacy. Sex is not intimacy. A lot of times you say intimacy and people automatically think about sex. Look, that may be true. 
But true intimacy shows that you are fully yourself around someone and you accept them as they are and you create an environment that they can be fully themselves. Into me you see. Keywords, acceptance, authenticity, and trust. Intimacy requires vulnerability. Vulnerability requires safety. Please catch this. And safety requires boundaries. I'm going to say that again. Intimacy requires vulnerability. Vulnerability requires safety. So for you to be vulnerable, you've got to, you've got to really trust the person that you're around. And then safety requires boundaries, meaning this. You can't just be vulnerable to the entire world. That's intensity. You can't just be vulnerable to everybody and just allow everybody into your circle. Once you do that, you're losing boundaries. A lot of people lose these boundaries, especially when they're drunk or whenever they're just not in their right mind. They allow too many people to get into their circle, if you will. And that person was not made to be in that circle. That was just an acquaintance or someone you just met. And all of a sudden, they are all the way into as close as they can get to you. And what that does is that breaks boundaries. And ultimately, that is intensity. That's not intimacy. And so you need to protect what you value. If if you really value something big time, man, you've got an alarm system on it. You're watching. You've got cameras. I mean, you you are just protecting what you value. And here's what I know. An emotional, intense person isn't really going to protect themselves. They are just out there and they are just going for it. And for those of us who may feel super intense all the times here, all the time, here's what I want you to really think about. What are some boundaries you can start to put on your life? What are ways that you can kind of not allow the entire world into your circle? And you can create these circles, if you will, of, man, I'm going to allow this person here. And then your circle gets a little wider and another circle and another circle and another circle. And you allow certain people into those layers and you start to protect yourself so that you can really get to know yourself because when you have everybody in and it's so intense all the time, man, it's hard to really know who you are and you're going to lose yourself because intensity really pushes others to open up faster than they feel comfortable with. I mean, you're not even respecting their boundaries under the mask of trying to help them. You're, you're just, you're wanting people to open up and tell them all about themselves. And man, I just, and that's by you trying to tell about everything about you and Christians, you say, let me hear your testimony. Like that's one of the one of the things that you do while dating. And that's just like, bro, let's slow down and let's just talk about our favorite color and what's your favorite ice cream. Again, we've got to set up boundaries. If you are demanding intensity from another person and you're always asking huge questions and you telling them, man, I, I want to know more about you. Tell me more, tell me more, get closer, get closer. Then what you're doing is you are not accepting them as they are which again is pushing them away. Often those who are so emotionally intense have had childhoods where they had to please the adults around them and they were never allowed to be themselves. Let that sink in for a second. Did you grow up in a family where you constantly had to please the adults around you and you could never be who you really wanted to be? Because they were telling you, you are something else or you need to be something else. Which ultimately caused us to desire to always be meeting other people's needs. And this is carried on into our entire life. 
making intimacy hard because other people can't get a handle on the person that God made them to be. You may need to rewind to listen to that again, because I believe that is a lot of people. And most of this is coming from unprocessed trauma. And that is a whole nother topic that we aren't going to get into right now. I actually talk about it in episode six. So I encourage you to go back and listen to episode six, where I talk about trauma. And so let's talk about how to handle emotional intensity, because I do believe this is, this is a lot of people. And again, it's not a bad thing, but let's use it in a productive way. So like anything, it is, it can have a positive and negative side. And many people with these intensity issues, they're also super creative, you're sensory, and you're sympathetic to suffering for others. And that's awesome. That is incredible. That is me. <laughs> I am a. I feel like I'm creative. I feel like I'm also very sympathetic to others. And so instead of focusing on just trying to be this intense per, or, or just you don't even know it until now maybe, but instead of focusing all your intensity on relationships, man, let's turn that into something else such as volunteering, doing art, uh, joining a cause, doing things that you love, running, what, whatever that may be. Just don't lose yourself by pushing down your pain by helping others. I lost myself by doing that, by pushing my pain down, by helping other people. So use it in a productive way. The second thing, get your emotions out by yourselves. So emotions aren't bad by themselves. I mean, emotions are not a bad thing. They're actually a great thing. We just got to figure out how to handle them. And they help us to process experiences. But the problem comes when we take our emotions out on others or use others and our obsession with exploring our emotional states. So the secret with dealing with emotions is to pause. Pause. So when you start feeling and you start having these intense emotions, the intense thoughts coming up, just stop for a second. Wait before responding. Pause. And then in that pause, I encourage you to write. Don't forget to write. There's a thing called free form journaling where you just get a pen or a pencil and you start to write on paper. And don't worry about what you're saying. Just write it down. Pause. Maybe for you, you can sing or maybe you can draw your feelings or you can buy a punching bag in the garage if that works for you. But you've got to get your feelings out by yourself alone so you're not taking it out on other people. Third thing. Remove lifestyle choices that make things worse. So if you have emotional dysregulation, things that affect your moods are huge, like uh, binge drinking. Uh, I would avoid that at all possible, especially if you're an emotionally intense human. Uh, recreational drugs, unhealthy eating, like a lot of a lot of people who are intense, man, they're also intense in everything that they do, including eating, working out, not sleeping, and all the things. So instead... Remove these lifestyle choices that make things worse and up your self-care. How do you do that? Man, we could talk about this all day. Pretty much pray like crazy, eat well, and exercise. Fourth, learn mindfulness. Mindfulness is so big and I need to talk more about it, but mindfulness means being fully in the present instead of controlled by our thoughts. And it is something that certain forms of therapy use to help emotional dysregulation. And so mindfulness is just sitting and being mindful. Man, there's so many apps out there on mindfulness and meditation, and I would encourage you to get into this. Why? Because if you can learn mindfulness, when you start to pause, when you feel the emotions coming up, you're going to go into a mindful experience and you're going to be 
present into yourself and able to really regulate your thoughts. It is a powerful and awesome guide and it can help you like crazy. The fifth thing, seek support therapy. Look, it's okay. And it's not what's wrong with you when you go to therapy. It's what's right with you. And so therapy can be one of the best things to help you with emotional intensity. And it can mean, and it can help you so much to relate to others in such healthier ways. So in review, intimacy, trust, safety, respect, no secrets, intensity, lack of trust, fear, disrespect, secrecy. The unhealthy intensity of a relationship can distract each person from doing the work needed to become an emotional, healthy human. And in an intimate relationship, there is a mutual, healthy disclosure and honesty about who you are and what you feel. The safety in this, it can allow each person to see both the good and the bad qualities in each other in a very realistic way. Finally, here's what you need to know. John 16, 7, it says, Jesus said, it is to your advantage that I go away. He left that relationship to lead them even closer. It is such a joy to see Jesus when a disciple takes time to walk more intimately with him. This bearing of fruit is always shown in scripture to be visible of the result of an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. You just see the fruit in those people. And once we get intimate with Jesus, we are never lonely and we never lack understanding or compassion. We actually continually pour our hearts out to him without being perceived as overly emotional or pitiful. The Christian who is truly intimate with Jesus will never draw attention to himself, but only show the evidence of a life where Jesus is completely in control. And man, I've seen and met so many people like this. I want to say that again for those of you that listen to the, you listen to that in super fast and you missed it. Let me say it again. The Christian who is truly intimate with Jesus will never draw attention to himself, but will only show the evidence of a life where Jesus is completely in control. And this is the outcome of allowing Jesus to satisfy every single area of our life. And look, remember, an emotional, intense person is not a bad thing at all. Matter of fact, it can be a great thing. And when you can turn that into being intense about Jesus, and you can turn that into being passionate about who he is in your life, oh my goodness, God can use it like crazy. I hope that today on episode 19 that you got something so fresh and that's something that can help you in your relationships. And I pray that not only do we focus on our intimacy with others, but we focus on our intimacy with God. Into me you see. He can see all of you and he wants you to be able to see all of him. And we can continue to work on ourselves. That can happen. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time on the DFTW podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. If this podcast brought you any value, it would mean so much to me if you could go and leave a five-star review and just in the description of it, what were your takeaways from this episode? And please remember, if I can do anything for you, or for a loved one, for someone that you care about, please reach out. You can go to nextstepcoach.org 
You can fill out the short application so that we can work together. It's a true investment in your life and an investment that will change the direction that you are headed. Thanks again.